This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Free FM 89.0. Tuia Mareo Otahapori. Now Hamilton City Council presents Council Comment. A weekly discussion about civic business one-on-one with those at the council table. Here's your host, Brian Smith. And a very good morning, everyone. It's great to be with you again on Friday and Council Comment. And all's going well, and it looks like we've even got a fine day, but we'll have to put our prayers up for Auckland and Coromandel with this other storm coming on. Having introduced myself as Storm Watcher, I will now introduce uh, Ewan Wilson, who's my guest from the council this morning. Welcome. Thank you. Good morning. It's good to have you here, Ewan, and uh, you're still walking around and being on the council, and that's good, isn't it? Absolutely. I'm uh, I'm still loving local government. Yes. Uh, it's uh, as I say to my friends, it's the best job I've ever been able to uh, to secure. How long have you actually been on the council? You've been so, quite yeah, a while. Yeah, I was first elected in 2001. Oh, yeah. Um, but I've come and gone twice. Yeah. Um, and so I think I'm now in my 16th year as an elected member. Right. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Uh, the thing that put me off a little bit of night meetings and things like that. Yeah. But uh, I'm... I'm I'm interested in council, but I've never gone on it. Well, the good news is the the night meetings don't happen now. We've moved oh. to a, a a daytime schedule. Oh, good. Um, and so, by all means, run oh. for council. <laughs> mm. Oh, well, I think about that. I've got two years of it there. Anyway. Uh, Getting on with it, what's your speciality in there now, Ewan? Yeah, so I, I'm I'm delighted to uh, to be the chair of economic development, yeah. uh, and you know economic development's portfolio is, as the name suggests, to act as and to enable economic growth, right. and so. Um, basically, you can break it down into three areas. We are the committee of council that receives um, uh, annual reports and uh, letters of intent uh, from council-controlled organisations, right. such as the airport, um, uh, Tourism Waikato, uh, Tuwaka, which is the economic development agency, um, we're also uh, responsible for um, analysing and uh, pursuing uh, uh, development opportunities when they arise. Uh, and we have multiple sort of tools in our tool uh, kit okay. to do that, including the city's endowment fund. Uh, and thirdly, we are very proactive in trying to um, uh, generate and facilitate organic growth. So yep. businesses that are already here, how can we encourage them and right. enable them to grow further? And uh, in a more proactive strategy, how we can attract new business to set themselves up in Hamilton. Well, that's a really great one, isn't it? And uh, with the regard to growth, uh, How's the financial thing on growth? You know, I'm thinking about the inner city and all that sort of stuff. Anything going big there? Yeah, so I think uh, overall uh, the city's finances are under considerable pressure. Uh, And we had projected as a council 
going into the next financial year, starting July this year, yep. that we would have a deficit of about $12 million. And, <laughs> and, and that deficit uh, would simply be funded by borrowing more uh, to pay for our operating expenses, which is not a good position to be in. No, no. Um, unfortunately, that deficit has blown out to 38 million dollars. Um, and a lot of that uh, can be attributed to um, uh, b- both inflationary pressures and cost escalation uh, to existing projects um, uh, as a result of both COVID economic downturn, uh, the Ukraine conflict, yeah. well, the, you know, the uh, illegal invasion by Russia into Ukraine. Yeah. Um, and so all of those have had a flow on effect. And so we're going into what will be a, a very financially challenging time for the city and obviously for New Zealanders across the nation. Yeah. Um, uh, and another aspect that has added to that overall level of indebtedness is council's historic uh, appetite for spending and borrowing and doing things. So well, it's a growing city. It, it, it mm. is a growing city. And, and my point is actually uh, if funding is going to enable growth, that's okay uh, because, you know, growth will pay for growth over Mm. a period of time. Um, uh, And particularly if we're borrowing to do critical infrastructure because Mm. they are assets, they have intergenerational benefits, so they should be borrowed and spread over time. The problem is a lot of our indebtedness is not in the area of growth or uh, the accumulation of assets that yeah. have an intergenerational benefit. Yep. What, what it is, is paying for things like the power and electricity, uh, sorry, electricity and payroll. Right. And so as a council, we've really got to come to terms with uh, how we manage our OPEX uh, and what that means is either... We increase rates more to generate more revenue. Very unpopular, of course. Very unpopular. Uh, or we start cutting some of the expenditure, and that's also unpopular. Mm. I, I think the solution will be a, a, a combination of the two. And I don't think any New Zealander would say currently that they weren't expecting some inflationary pressures to yeah. fall on on councils and so we've got we've 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 got some options which is we put our head in the sand and we say no look we won't increase rates other than the projected 4.9 uh, uh, and uh, some may say that we won't do any cuts uh, and we'll just borrow more and kick this financial football way down the line. <laughs> uh, politicians are often very good at doing that yep. because politicians uh, don't like the idea of losing their jobs, so they're, they're very unhappy about increasing rates. Yes. But, of course, you know, New Zealand as a nation has found itself in a position where we have ageing infrastructure and a demand for s- significant growth. Yeah. And we've underinvested in our infrastructure by not putting rates up 
and allocating rates appropriately. So it, it's a fascinating dynamic. Yeah. Um, I'm going to look forward to working with my colleagues to land on an annual plan that will take us from July this year through to the, uh, the um, uh, end of June next year. Yep. And I'll look forward to working with them putting together our 10-year plan. The bottom line is something's going to have to give. Yeah. Well, that's inevitable, isn't it, when you get into that and uh, and you haven't got the money to do it, you can't keep borrowing it. Um, so that's a, a big one, really. Yeah. And uh, anyway, how are things going from the point of view of the inner city development? Uh, you're talking about finances and that, but you want the inner city to grow and go up? And yeah, a- a- absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm delighted every day I walk around the CBD and see the cranes that are showing yeah, sort mass- of... Massive one. Massive, yeah. There's a couple of them over where the theatre is and there's a, a Union Square. Yeah. Look, um... Uh, and, and you'll see it across the city, lots of roadworks, lots of infrastructure being tell put me, in. Tell me about it. There's orange cones everywhere. Ab- absolutely. I love orange cones. <laughs> it, it tells me that we're investing uh, in critical assets okay. that need either renewal or... And, and see, that's the paradox. I mean, most people get frustrated when they <laughs> see congestion, orange cones, people... Conversely, they're the same people who will say... Gosh, I wonder if somebody would fix this darn pothole yeah. and why are these roads so narrow and, yeah. you know, aren't they, aren't they preparing for future <laughs> growth? Well, you, you, we, we've got to sort of create a bit of inconvenience yes. to invest in infrastructure yeah. uh, and people just have to put up with that um, uh, because it's a sign of the city trying to invest yes. in stuff that will enable us to manage our growth. So overall, the CBD uh, is doing well. Um, we as a council have very much focused on uh, trying to increase the number of people who actually live within the CBD. To do that, we need to uh, uh, improve and upgrade the infrastructure, uh, but it's an exciting opportunity, but it comes with some inconvenience at yeah. times. I know a lady who uh, and her husband lived out t- towards uh, the um, airport, and they sold that up, about 12 acres or something, they headed out that way, and, um, and the, consequently they moved into centre of Hamilton. She yeah. says, marvellous, I just go around the block and there's a yeah. Restaurant, uh, absolutely. Cook tonight. <laughs> well, see, I, I I live right in the centre of Hamilton. Do you? Yeah, I, I live in an apartment on the fifth floor, uh, right in the heart of the city, next to Sky City. Right. Now, I mean, Monique and I, my wife, are married for thirty six years. We have two um, two girls who are now uh, thirty three. Uh, oh, so we went through the phase of living. Uh, in uh, suburbia with uh, you know a good sized section Family and home. lots of room yeah. and and uh, you know and a shed and and we loved it and it was it was mm. fit for purpose. Yep. But the kids now live overseas. The dogs passed on, um, and so w- we use one car. Yeah. Uh, I walk to work. It's literally a four minute walk. Yep. Um, we live in an apartment. We love to travel. We love to see our kids. It's lock and leave. I don't do the lawns. No, <laughs> what I'm saying, really I mean, it's, it's not fit for everybody, no. but it is fit for nearly everybody yeah. at a certain time yeah. in their life. 
Yeah. Uh, and it's about having those housing options. New Zealand has historically thought that the only housing solution was a quarter acre block. Mm. We've got to mature. We've got to give other options. Um, and yeah. inner city living's a wonderful option for us now. Well, years ago in Palmerston North, I remember they were much younger, but you had to have a quarter acre section and they wouldn't make it any smaller. Well, that has certainly changed. changed and and in some way. ways, I think the pendulum has swung way too far. And so don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that I'm supportive of some of the most recent legislative changes that are going to enable, yeah. you know, um, sections... <clears throat> to be split down into 150 square metre blocks yeah. and go up three floors. Um, I mean, just uh, just horrifying. Yeah. yeah. I live in the Frankton Dinsdale area and uh, have a unit, but it's one of four. No? Mm. Where there used to be an old house and a big orchard and all that, and it's all gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and, and look, I... I feel, and I think most of the country feel very sorry for, you know, people who are seeing houses next door get removed and suddenly overnight, uh, you know, six townhouses slash apartments are put in there. Um, uh, it is a result of obviously um, uh, 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 Parliament, and I use the word Parliament deliberately because yeah. it was uh, it, it was both Labour and National right. that have set up this new legislative change. Um, yeah. So it's a big one, isn't it? In the in the city, of course, we've got the development of the new theatre, regional theatre, and all the rest of it. It's coming along, but when is it going to be open? Next year? The year after? Well, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> So, uh, Momentum, I think, is doing um, an amazing job, and I, uh, <clears throat> I'm so delighted with their uh, tenacity, and I think, you know, they're really lucky to have Fosters, who are a world-class organisation doing the construction. Right. Um, and so I think the latest date is <clears throat> 2024. A lot of the delay was outside of of their control. We had a, a terrible situation where um, planning had had been approved, um, and there was lots of iwi uh, uh, and mana whenua input. Um, but then one mana whenua group uh, felt that the one that had been involved in the discussions uh, that they in fact had the authority, and they dragged it to the environment court and. And, you know, that created a year delay and significant expenditure um, and uh, alterations to the plans. Um, And so that was just really unhelpful. Um, uh, uh, And and then subsequently, uh, the project has been hit by COVID supply chain issues, uh, global uh, shortage of of, of product. and so, look, I think we've got the right people on the project. Um, I have confidence in them, and I think they'll deliver a world-class outcome uh, sometime in 2024. Well, I hope it is in 2024. They live it much longer. I'll be out at the Newstead and <laughs> won't see any of it. Well, I, I love going to the theatre. And the last one we went to was the Globox over at... Uh, um, Claudelands. Claudelands, yeah. yeah. But it was a bit crammed up in some ways. But we saw... Uh, Swan Lake over there. Oh, how was it? It was pretty good, actually. Yes. Right. Delightful 
I, I love uh, going to uh, those sort of shows, and uh, I think they did it very well. They had a good size stage and things, and it went well. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hamilton is blessed with both Claude Lynn's the Clarence Street Theatre do a great job. The ones I love is Riverley. I think Riverley Theatre does an amazing job. Meteor is sort of you know the black box type yeah. theatre. So I mean, we do have great local facilities. Yeah. But I truly believe when the Waikato Regional Theatre and you know uh, the name is uh, tells the story it's Waikato's Regional Theatre so it's not just for the city of Hamilton it's for the region Um, and I think it will be world class it it will front the the river so all you know the views will be spectacular from uh, uh, within the theatre uh, I think it will be world class, and I'm looking yeah. forward to that day. Mm, and so like and like you, I keep thinking, gosh, the next election is in 2025. I hope they at least finish it before then, <laughs> absolutely. Um, uh, so I can come along and 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 see the opening. Well, it'd be absolutely lovely to have it there. And uh, I wondered about the location at first, but I see the. Uh, I think it was the right decision to put it there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, pe- people can park all around that area anyway. Uh, I think so. I mean, I'm pragmatic. I, I'm, I'm somebody who goes, well, let's have the debate at the time. Once once the debate is over and the decision's made, yeah. then my job is to get behind it and support it. Support so it. I think like a lot of people, there was discussion over accessibility. Yep. Um, and I think rightly so. There was a lot of disappointment and frustration with the way founders had been managed and, and still that's... A, that, 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 that's a sore. Yeah, um, um, uh, but the reality is, parking in Knox Street, um, parking uh, is accessible, um, and uh, I think at the end of the day, uh, it will work out and work out really well, and we'll be proud of the facility we've ended right. up with. The walk and cycling uh, bridge that was proposed, that would help too, wouldn't it? Yeah, and that's certainly gaining traction. It's in our plan. Uh, We've had some funding recently from central government that will help us uh, uh, complete that task. Um, And, you know, as the city matures, when you think about a pedestrian bridge across um, to Memorial Park, uh, when you start looking at how good our public transport is going to be, um, you know, people will start looking at alternative ways of getting to the CBD, um, getting people out of their cars. No, it's always a balance. And I'm not saying that we're getting rid of cars. We're not. And I'm not saying that we don't need to cater for them. But multimodal uh, options uh, are vital uh, and uh, I think that's what we're focusing on and that's what we'll achieve. Fair enough too. Talking uh, development and that, Peacocks is the big one from a housing point of view. How's it going? It's going really well. Um, They're about to lay the last of the concrete on the bridge um, so that bridge uh, uh, across the, the mighty Waikato is, is, is getting very close to finishing. Yep. Um, look, Peacocks, I think you'll start seeing significant housing starting in the next couple of years. And it will last, you know, it's going to be a, a, a nearly a city in its own right. It will have 20,000 people <laughs> right. uh, by, the, by the time it, it's, it's been fully built out. Yeah. And you know what? I'm really excited about Peacocks. Um, it has been designed to 
already incorporate uh, environmental sustainability, uh, multimodal transportation. The bridge has been future-proof to enable, you know, multiple lanes, bus lanes, rail, cycling, pedestrians. Right. So we've we've wow. we've thought that through. It did cost us 130 million dollars. <laughs> yes, so it, it better provide all of those things. Yeah. Um, and so we have found. And you highlighted highlighted today with your comments about the cones and the growth and the disruption that is yeah. generated by uh, retrospectively going back and doing either adding cycle lanes or more lanes, yeah. how disruptive it is. You know, Peacocks was designed of trying to get it right, right out of the blocks. And the beautiful thing is you'll be able to ride a bicycle or walk from Peacocks directly into the CBD mm-hmm. on, on a cycle without having to go onto any road. Well, And you'll be, be well. able to get there in probably less than 15 minutes. Yeah, there we go. Uh, that is uh, proactive planning, and that's what I'm excited about. I don't think I'll be doing it because I haven't got a bike and <laughs> get a bit old for that anyway. You but can walk. I can walk, that's right. Yeah. Yes, I, I do quite a bit of walking, actually. It's healthy, it's good. Yeah, I get around the lake. Me too. <laughs> do you? Yeah. Yeah, I get around there once or twice a week, and uh, I've got a park just over the road for me, and uh, I can walk in that. Good show. So, hmm. Other things I'm talking about here, and we've talked about it to a certain degree anyway, the Finances Council, uh, is there going to be any rate increases or are we going to stay on where we... Look, my, my opinion is um, we're going to have to have a rate increase. Yeah. Um, we're also going to have to have a serious talk about uh, OPEX reduction. Oh, yeah. Um uh, because we have to stop borrowing just to pay our OPEX, mm. right? our operating expenditures. Yeah, yeah. Now, th- that is very different to borrowing for CapEx, for infrastructure, yeah. right? But we're currently borrowing just to keep the lights on. Yeah. And so... Um, uh, and we can blame inflation, we can blame supply chain issues, we can blame COVID, we, yep. but we can also blame our endless appetite for spending. All right. And and so we've got to have a philosophical sit down and say, are we going to try to start addressing this problem or are we just going to continuously kick this issue down the road yeah. and dump it? with the ratepayers that come uh, in the future. And I think the reality is, uh, well, I can guarantee you the rate increase is going to be at least 4.9 because that's what we said it would be, it would be yeah. uh, a year or so ago. That's right. uh, and when we locked in uh, the annual, pl- well, we said it would be 4.9 when we locked in the LTP a couple of years ago. Yep. Um, and since then we've had uh, a war in Europe, uh, COVID, yep. uh, the subsequent re- uh, inflationary pressures. Um, uh, and those chickens are coming home to roost and we've got to fill the gap. So uh, I don't know how my other colleagues will feel, but my feeling is the solution is certainly not to do nothing and put our heads in the sand. The solution is probably a combination of trying to generate more revenue and trying to cut the amount of expenditure. Mm. Uh, and we've got to have that brave conversation. It's a big one, isn't it? And, of course, you've got some uh, new councillors on there now. Are they yep. settling OK? Yeah. I, I mean, it's very early days. Yes, of course. Um, and, you know, the, the test will be whether or not 
they have the maturity to address the major decisions in front of them um, and whether they just sign up to, oh, well, we'll spend more and borrow or if they have the, the where to or to say, actually, um, although we we came in here with, you know, with our pet projects and yeah. our ideology, yeah. maybe we need to find a balanced way through this crisis. Right. I don't know what how that's going to uh, that's going to lay on the ground. I mean, my early indications are that we're still a big spending council. Yep. Um, uh, I think Mayor Poole is doing a great job by trying to say, "Listen, here are all the facts. Um, we've we've got to find a way to move forward here. Uh, we've still got to be affordable. Yep. We we know the ratepayers are, are hurting." Yep. Um, We've got to try to work out how we, we manage our, our debt. I, I know she is working really hard uh, uh, in central government contacts, reminding central government the current funding model for local government is broken. It's yeah. not working. But that's not going to give us any results in the next two or three years, mm-hmm. right? And I think there'll be a change of government. So, the, so you know, th- th- these big... We've got to put our big pants on. We've got to make some proper, <laughs> mature decisions. And get into it. That's fair yeah. enough too. Yes, indeed. I see we've only got about four minutes left. And uh, one of the things I was going to uh, sort of ask you about is uh, the economic development. We've talked about that. And uh, what about the Three Waters one? How's that going yeah. with this council? So... I mean, Three Waters is a, is a, a legislative initiative driven by uh, the current government. Mm. Um, uh, I've always felt that actually Hamilton had invested pretty well in a lot of its water infrastructure. Mm. Other councils had not, um, and uh, other councils have significant uh, challenges with their water mm. infrastructure, and all of us have challenges with water infrastructure going forward yeah. because of the growth. Yeah. And I want to I want to say that because I'm not saying that we don't need to change the funding model to to deal with three waters. I just don't think the proposal currently in front of us is the right solution. Uh, government is charging on. Lots yep. of things are happening in that area. I think with the change of leadership within Labor, uh, there's been a signal that they're going to try to change aspects of Three yep. Waters yep. to make it more palatable, uh, to help them get re-elected. <laughs> um, and so we're, we're in a very fluid and dynamic environment of what mm. that will all mean. But it's serious. I mean, yep. if it all goes through... Council, as we know it, Hamilton City Council changes significantly. We lose a lot of staff, 300-odd staff would no longer be council employees. They would go off to uh, Entity B. Uh, A lot of those assets, billions of dollars of assets would no... Uh, would no longer be managed by us. They would go off to Entity B. Uh, local uh, influence on those, on the direction, would w- would move away from council. So the look of the organisation would be different. So changing times. Well, I think we'll finish on that note and go and uh, have a sit down and sweat. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I can hear what you're saying and... Uh, it's a, it's a big one, and uh, I think the national government, for instance, if they weren't, uh, would uh, have a very close look at uh, the three wars. Oh, ap- 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 absolutely, mm. and rightly so. Well, thank you for coming in. Uh, pleasure. It's been a pleasure to have you here, Ewan, and uh, look forward to having you on a bit later in the year. 
and uh, I'm looking forward to meeting one or two of the new, new councillors that I haven't caught up with. So go well and enjoy. And to you. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.